revving up your engine, listening to the howling roar. Metal under tension, begging you to touch and go. Highway to the danger zone. Ride into the danger zone. Heading into twilight, spreading out her wings tonight. She got you jumping off the track and shoving into overdrive. Highway to the danger zone. I'll take you riding into the danger zone. What's up, Drew? And Uh-oh. welcome, everybody, to the goddamn Good Bottle Podcast. I wonder how many potentially new listeners just walk away. All of that. them. You know, Literally all of them. Anybody who just turned this on and said, oh, nope. Yep, I think at like fifteen, <laughs> at like fifteen seconds, they're still in. But when it gets to thirty-two seconds, they're just like, "Nope, not for it me." My, it was my third danger zone, huh? It, did it definitely was. But it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to pick a it's hard to pick a stop on that, you know. I agree. I uh, I was gonna stop after the first um, the first chorus, but I couldn't. Like I could not bring myself to stop. I mean, it's fucking Kenny Loggins, man. Like I'm just—it's—it deserves to keep going. You know what? I'm not gonna argue with that. What I am gonna say though is, I think you're a little bit of a bastard. And oh, pray tell. I will. And um, so last week we recorded our episode, and I, I think we had a pretty good episode, right? Um, you know, good conversation. Got some got some good uh feedback throughout the week i was like yeah i really really dug that and you had told me before hey i'm gonna do this psa and i was like cool you know whatever didn't really think about it times are weird right now and then i had forgotten about the psa (laughs) oh man so so I always I always listen to a little bit of the episodes just to see either how good or how bad my microphone sounds, right? And then just to kind of quality control, right? And you start off with your PSA. and That's nice can- that you do that, uh, by the way. Uh, people make fun of me a lot for, for listening, and now I've, I've become very self-aware every time I listen to our own podcast. People, get, people give you shit for that? Yeah, because they... I think it fits with my my whole persona that they just assume that I enjoy the sound of my voice. Do they listen to their podcast? Who knows? I don't think that they have a podcast. Well, those people can go F themselves in the A right there. Right in the A. (laughs) I mean, talk about just not knowing at all like what goes into this stuff and um, lots of judgment. But, But anyways, so I'm listening to the podcast. It starts... And you go on this beautiful, beautiful PSA that completely devastates me, right? Oh man! Um, and it, you know, I it do. had to do. With, it had to do with like you know mental health and everything like that. And I hope everybody did get a chance to listen to it. If you didn't, go back and listen to it. But it was funny because I was on my way to pick up my daughter, and I walk in, and my buddy's like, "So, hey man, how you doing?" I was like, "Well, I just got over crying, so I guess I'm doing okay." <laughs> because so, I was still vulnerable that whole experience. I was like, well, I'm just going to fucking tell him. Um, and then, of course, no one ever expects to hear that. I gave him a little bit more of the backstory. So, um, great job. I love how uh, uh, how comfortable you are with being a uh, sensitive uh, adult role model. Ah, male, male role model. That's what I do. Things. That's what that's, I do. It's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. You know, and then I proceeded to 
you know, pound drinks uh, after that. So <laughs> I would have the best at coping it. Um, but so with that said, what are you drinking? I am drinking a, a little Ben Rioc scotch, uh, some peated mm. 17 year. Ooh. Yes, sir. You just Ooh. kept doubling down on that. Ooh is correct. It was like Ben Rioc, good, peated, better, 17 years old. Get out of my face right now. It's fucking just, delicious, man. Um, good call on that. What brought on the, the, I mean, it was relatively warm here in Sacramento today and you decided to bust out the peated scotch. I, um, I have been on a scotch kick, I think the last six months. And, um, when I sit there and I look at my bar at home and my shelves of copious amounts of booze, uh, it, I, I still, for whatever reason, keep leaning over to the scotch side of things. And peated scotches in particular are some of my favorites. So it just, it just drew me in as I'm, you know, cause I go through like the, uh, the, the catalog or the menu of, if you will, you know, a flavor as I'm like, yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Fuck you. You're an asshole. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, this just popped out at me. I, I kind of like forgot that it was even sitting on my shelf. So it became a necessity tonight. I think that is always kind of fun where, I mean, it's almost, it's almost similar to like when you pick a Netflix movie, right. And you just do that constant as you're going through your liquor collection. You're like, you're like, no, I'm not in the mood for that. No, I'm not in the mood for that. Like, right. oh, I'm like, I'm close. Okay. If I can't find something else in the next, like, you know, five minutes, I'm going to come back to this one. <laughs> that's literally every time I look at my bar. <laughs> so, so that's how that goes down. So that's just making it a little bit more relatable for everybody who doesn't that's have great. too many bottles in their, in their collection. Yeah. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll post a, a good picture of my, of my home bar, uh, just so people can understand why I struggle. Understand. That. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I think I I've seen it. It's a lot, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot. I have to continuously remind my mother that I am not a proper alcoholic, that if I was, I wouldn't have this many bottles still. And I think at first she didn't believe me, uh, but now that she's been uh, coming to my house many times over in the last few years and my bottle uh, collection has grown rather than increased, I think she understands my argument now. But She was yeah. definitely worried the first time she saw it. Yeah, I, I remember a time period during my career where, um, you know, a lot, a lot of what you end up doing is kind of portraying that you're always having a good time, even though you're like at home just posting. And I remember my, my grandma reaching out to me and kind of being like, I'm just really worried that you're drinking too much. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like I love you. let me give you a little backstory. And That's so great. I was able to kind of fix that a it's little bit. It's good to feel loved. It's it is. Good to feel loved. It is. It is. Also, happy Mother's Day to grandma. That's a... Uh... Yeah, and to both of our um, both of our wives as well. Yours is celebrating her first Mother's Day, which is great. It's her first Mother's Day, you know. So I'm I'm setting the expectations really low, uh, just the way I look good for the rest of her life. There you go. Really, that's good call. That's that's my secret. That's that's uh, I do the same thing. So <laughs> it's also a complete lie. I uh, I I woke her up and. Uh, thanked her immediately from the moment uh, I drew my first breath of cognizant air this morning of uh, taking such great care of our amazing daughter. That's awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, What are you, uh, what are you having there, Drew? um, I am drinking a, uh, a Chenin Blanc 
from the Napa Valley. It's from actually from the Pope Valley Winery. So 2017. And so I was just doing like some, you know, some brief, brief research on the Chenin Blanc grape and, you know, found out that it's, it's pretty versatile, right? It can be used in sparkling uh, wine uh, all the way up to dessert wine. Um, and keeping in with our theme over the past few weeks, they believe it was first grown in South Africa. So there it is, folks. There's South Africa <laughs> again. Um, That's right. And then, uh, it, I, I ended up looking up because on the on the bottle it, it lists the, the soil type that it is, and it's a uh, Bressa Dibble is the type of soil which I, I don't I, know what the fuck that is, and neither do I. Which means now I have to spend all night looking up Bressa <laughs> Dibble because I need to know. What it means. Um, so I give you guys a little bit of an insight into my obsessive nature when it comes to spirits and. Wine and stuff because I'm I'm trying to improve my my wine game. As soon as as soon as the COVID um, shelter in place is lifted, I want to I want to start the process for my Psalm level one, and then hopefully you know at least do the two. So I want to really start working on these kind of things. I'm so, right there with you, buddy. I've uh, I've I've been slowly and quietly uh, doing my own studying. I'm, I'm I'm not too worried about about level one, which means that I always start overshooting and studying for level two right out of the gate, um, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But uh, just in years and years of doing this and working personally with, with, with wine um, and knowing how the class goes, uh, I'm not too concerned about the, the level one. Neither am I, but now that this is like recorded and we don't get that achieve that this year, I mean, I hope everyone just holds our feet to the fire and, and drills us for it. So it's out there, guys. Yeah, see, well, and I'm on the other side of it, which is now that it's recorded, I'm praying that COVID lasts longer and that I don't have to leave the house. How dare you? <laughs> um, but hey, that uh, that is a perfect transition and segue into kind of what we want to talk about tonight. And this is going to be a little bit different. Um, I know we've been very long-winded for the first 10 minutes, but we're hoping that this next section we can just kind of get through it and then leave it up to our listeners to provide us content for next week so we can work even less hard. But <laughs> we're at this we're at this weird point in um in the COVID pandemic where this past week we were looking for news and stuff like that and things just things just weren't interesting to us. And we didn't think that it needed to be conveyed to you guys. Like we're not trying to to do that. And because we don't have sponsors or any of that stuff, we can do whatever the hell we want. Um, Amen. So, also, the, please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we promise. Um, <laughs> but so, with that being the case, we decided that California is starting to take the steps to opening back up, and other states have already done so, and some of them uh, are being a little bit more aggressive than others. And so, we want to talk about what we see happening with our industry right now and how people are responding to it and what some of the actions have been. But then this week, what we're planning on doing is we're going to post a link for people to, if they, if you want um, to hit it, call in and give your two cents on what you think is like what's happening right now, what you think should happen or how you would open up your business, the, the steps that you would take. And we might, hopefully we'll give you a little bit of context so you can kind of cultivate, you know, your own ideas and stuff, but uh, that's the plan. So we're going to give you just, again, some, some brief overview of how we kind of feel about things. And then we really want to build it up because uh, 
in the conversations that I've had over the past week and a half, as we've gotten a little bit more advanced with this, these opening steps, I've heard so many different ideas of what people think are going to happen and what they're going to do. And I think if we're going to survive as an industry, we all need to lean on each other and sharing as many ideas as possible is one of the ways that we can do that. And uh, I believe Chris agrees with that mentality. Definitely. Without a doubt. I mean, there's, that's the, you know, uh, overarching sort of theme behind just the, the thinking between this, of this podcast between you and I, which is like, let's be as open source about as many things as possible. Yeah. Um, and try to, you know, I'm de- I think you and I are both uh, high tide type of people. We're not very secretive. Um, Absolutely. So, so what are some of the things that you've seen this week? Like what are the, um, what are some of the attitudes that, that stick out to you about the potential reopening of restaurants and how they're going to do it? I think this last week and a half, I've noticed more audible desperation than I think I was prepared to hear from the, we'll say the service staff, the, the people who will be working in, um, in the restaurants, in the bars, in retail, I I feel like they kind of lost it a little bit. I think some of it comes with being here in Sacramento and having a few days of very loud and very boisterous boycotts to reopen um, and having the irritability of having to navigate around people who aren't from Sacramento uh, taking over the streets. So I, I think some of that is that, but I think my my initial reaction, or my not my reaction, but my n- initial observation about about service industry owners, uh, you know, people who own bars, people who own restaurants, as well as the workers, the employees, um, whether they're lifers, whether they're consultants, whether they're you know two years in, whatever, has been that most. Most people uh, in this industry are very good about smiling in your face and not really going too deep. You know, it's a very tip of the iceberg group of people unless you, you know, really want to get to know, not just like a, hey, how's it going? Oh, good. You know, sure. Um, But a lot of people have had this sort of um, quiet desperation about them and this fear and this kind of wait and see that I always intuited from them. Uh, one talking to them to just to see how it was going, you know. This last week and a half, though, I people are audibly angry um, about the idea of going back to work um, and putting themselves and their loved ones in danger in order to serve people who are typically already not grateful and to su- serve a community that typically just tells them to get a better job. You know, if they don't like it, do something else. Um, and that, that's been overwhelming uh, for me. And I, I haven't really had the, I think the time uh, or the sense of peace of mind to be able to really um, extract and extrapolate my own feelings on that. But um, yeah, it's, that that's what I've been seeing. I mean, there's a lot of people who are hopeful, 
you know, I see a lot of owners who are desperate to get open to start making money. And so they don't lose their business. They don't lose their dream. Um, but I see, I see sort of all sides of that. What you, I think you drew get a, a wider view than I typically do. I, uh, I, I'm generally considered, I guess, like an elder or a, <laughs> someone people come to for, for advice. Whereas I think people are more willing to share their ideas with you openly. So I, I'm really curious to see the wide variety that you're, you're seeing. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's always been a weird, um, I don't know. I don't, I, people just, they, they often do that with me and I'm, and maybe it's just that like I listen and I don't say too much, which I know doesn't sound right when you think about our podcast and how much I do talk, but um, but I'm I'm pretty lucky, and I I have got to hear a lot of different things and, and mindsets towards it, and I I think at this point there's there's been kind of two groups that have emerged out of this pandemic. There's one that has just com- has made a complete about face, and they've adjusted, and they're making it work. Now, part of that of making it quote unquote work has also very much so jaded them. And that whole hospitality thing is just really going out the window. And, um, and, and I don't blame them because they're burnt out, you know, and they don't want to continue to have to do businesses the way, even though they're making it work and um, they've made the adjustments and they can see themselves making this, like keeping some of the adjustments that they've made moving forward. Um, the, the other group I, I feel, and it's kind of what you're, you're talking about with a little slight variation is that there's definitely a desperation where people are like, I cannot do this anymore. And, um, I do have a few accounts of mine that, that have opened up in the past week, despite not necessarily having the permission to do so. And they're making strong appeals to their local government in order to, to do that. And because, um, you know, and for a lot of restaurants, I mean, I, I think this this is an extremely difficult transition to make, you know, to go from, you know, a dine-in to a to-go, you know, kind of structure. And it's been really interesting to kind of see that breaking point for a lot of these places. And it really did happen over the past week and a half. And, you know, that puts them right about the, you know, the almost the two-month mark where it's like, if I don't do something now, I am properly screwed. And, um, and that's kind of what spurred a little bit of this conversation as well. And some of the things that they're doing, um, like, for example, one of them is now putting like partitions in between every single booth. So you're going to have, yeah, I saw that. And I I thought that was a a really interesting idea. I saw a similar, uh, um, post about a place I want to say in Philly or Boston. It was somewhere, it was somewhere back East. Um, and they had, set up uh, shower curtains around each of their tables, which I thought was an incredibly clever idea. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how well that would work. Like I, and I believe your, your comment about the same thing was let's see how well this works. But I thought it was, it was creative. I thought it was whimsical. Um, I thought that it, it, it definitely kept a, a sense of humor about uh, a reality that we're all living in. Yeah. And you know, and some of the other ideas that I've heard, because because even if you're not wanting to open just yet and you do want to hold off, like you have to plan for it. And so part of those plans and some of the things that I've heard has been a reservation system, right? Where it's, we're only going to have X amount of people 
in this place at a time. And we're going to do it in Windows. And so you come in, you're here for two hours, and then you got to go because we got to get the next group in. And that leaves some time to sanitize and, and stuff like that. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be doing that because you are going to have, you know, a reduced capacity more than likely. So the way that you can counter for the reduced capacity is by doing reservations. So that way you can properly staff, right? Um, so I think you'll see a lot more fixed menu uh, type situations as well, and uh, just limited offerings. But people are going to be able to go out, and I think that's where a lot of people want to go. Uh, even for those people who who want to do those stuff, I think the big issue is I don't know when bars are going to be actually be able to be opened up again, right? So if you open the dining room, you're able to space that out and stuff like that. But you might not be able to have people sit at your bar for however long and i think that reality is really starting to like sink in on people as well that's a huge bit of business that's obviously lost um and i don't know what the answer is to that you know yeah i i mean i think part of it is we we have this newly trained uh consumer set right like like we all understand now what we sort of have to do or at least the reality as a consumer of the world that we're living in Right. So I think with that being said, people are going to be open for creative uh, solutions. I don't know what all of them look like. I, I know some of the ideas I've had, but, you know, I think what it comes down to is, is going to be in pardon my, you know, lack of better word and, and this really awful pun, but a, a, a thirst for community. You know, I mean, that's what a bar represents is community. You, know, you go there to be a part of something. Otherwise, you buy your six pack of beer and you go home. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know that aspect of how people are going to develop that. What I do see, is, at least in terms of a business standpoint, is I imagine at least the sort of the Japanese style of, of cocktail bar being able to emerge more successfully in the United States, right? So what, you, is, again, what, what does that look you like? Make, so you make a reservation or, you know, or you don't, you show up, you have your seat, you, your cocktails are very uh, diligently put together. They cost significantly more than they would because in the American uh, style of bartending, we're all, we're all cowboys, you know, we run and gun, we're gunslingers. Uh, and we, the point is to get that cocktail out as fast as possible, you know, and that's where I like bar flare gets made fun of so often. You're like, ah, cool. There's a cup flipping around the air, but just make my fucking gin and tonic already. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I foresee people needing a, an additional, if you are making that trip out to a bar and for a bar to be able to provide that experience for you, I imagine it's going to start costing more. Um, I, I don't think that there's any doubt about that whatsoever. I think I think costs are going to go up significantly because at a reduced capacity, they're going to have to. And I think that's also going to greatly change your clientele because um, you're going to have a lot more like the people who are able to go out are inevitably going to be more affluent because they're going to have that extra money to be able to do that. So you're going to be changing up, you know, your approach towards everything and you know, again, like, I don't know how you end up making that work for every price point, 
But I, I do think that's something that if these measures come out that do reduce capacity, the, the cost is just going to be absolutely mental, you know, um, for going out and, and stuff like that. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what these ideas are that come out of it. And, and again, there's a lot of different mindsets right now, whereas there's some people who are completely content with just continuing to sit and wait, you know, whereas others are, are feeling that pressure to start producing so they can actually, you know, survive. Um, so what we want to do now is we want to open it up because, again, there's so many great ideas out there. And uh, we just want to hear what people are thinking, what they want to do. We're definitely going to approach some people this week and we're going to send them this link so they can contribute. But also, if you have any thoughts, you know, it doesn't matter what your position is. I mean, and I actually think that's something that is really important to consider, too. Like if you are working as a server, if you're working as a bartender and or a barback, like, are you going to feel safe going back to work? You know, and those are like, what are the things that need to happen for you in order to, you know, kind of get things open back up? So uh, what what's the link that, that they can go to, Chris? If you want to leave a voice memo, uh, you have to just go to anchor.fm forward slash good bottle podcast forward slash forward slash message. Wow. I'm going to lay off this uh, space side. That's anchor dot fm forward slash good bottle podcast forward slash message the best part about that is earlier today you guys he was like oh yeah it's super easy <laughs> and <then he> just <laughs> totally botch it um but yeah so so the thought process is is we hopefully we'll get you know some contributors to this and then next week we're going you know we're going to listen through them throughout the week and then next week we'll put them all together we'll compile them for you and we'll uh we'll let people talk and just see what kind of ideas that we can come up with and it's something that you know maybe you can implement at your bar or restaurant um and and kind of go from there because i do know that there's been um a lot of friends that i have that are doing successful things and they're trying to get other people to do them and they're running into a lot of friction and it's just kind of like hey it's we're, we're all in this together let's see what we can come up with and yeah, and I, I'm curious also about what people plan to put in place to be able to pivot back and forth between lockdown and, and shelter in place and an open, if that's if that's something that they foresee happening. It's definitely something I foresee happening, and it's some it's it's defining how we're doing business at Good Bottle. Um, but I'm curious at you know at a bar, you know, what sort of systems you put in place for being able to go back and forth between serving people and having a distant community, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So again, Chris, what's, what's the link for people? It is anchor.fm forward slash good bottle podcast forward slash message. Awesome. You're just trying to fuck me up, weren't you? No, I was giving you a chance for redemption, um, and it and it totally worked. Uh, so we're gonna actually cut it off there, guys, because we want people to, um, you know, actually listen to this, and so they see it sub thirty minutes. They'll be like, okay, we'll listen, and then we'll contribute. So, um, so yeah, so you guys hit that link, send us a voicemail. Doesn't matter what position you are in this industry, give us your thoughts on what you think should happen or what you would like to see happen or what you're doing 
to, um, you know, get what what's going to happen when these places open up again. So I'm going to go back to drinking this wine. Chris is going to get drunk on his on the Ben Riach. Uh, Absolutely. Cheers, buddy. All right, homie. Guys, we'll see you next week. Man, one day we're going to figure out to just bring extra glasses. That way it sounds good when we cheers each other, huh? Someday. Someday. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a great week. The Good Bottle Podcast was recorded at the Good Bottle Shop in Sacramento, California. Music is by Leon Moore and Chase Moore. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Good Bottle Podcast.